Right now, this world is getting very expensive, extremely divisive, and people are loveless. What's going to happen next? Of course, if we, we stop and think about it for just a little bit, things aren't too bad right now. I mean, we're making cars that drive all by themselves. Maybe in the future, that's going to be the norm. We've got vacuum cleaners that go automatically when we head off to work and then our, our floors are clean when we get back. We've got Alexa that turns on and off our lights and appliances and plays whatever music we want. What is she going to be able to do for us in the future? So, yeah, maybe right now there's some things that look for a bad future, but there's other things that make it look like a bright future, which one is it going to be? Well, today we're going to take a look at the future by taking a look at the past. And while the past did not include zombies, and I don't think the future is going to either, it did feature some tough living, survival in the wilderness. And some of those things might be in store for our future as well. And yet, we can look with the eyes of faith in Jesus to a beautiful future, to a bright one, not a dark one, because the eyes of the faith in Jesus see the invisible, and and we don't concentrate then and are able to handle disgrace and difficulty in the visible and the present. We'll do that by looking at this section in the book of Hebrews where the writer of the Hebrews goes back and takes a look at Moses and says, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. We look at Moses because he looked at the future. And even was willing to give up a privileged present. Now, now you know Moses, right? He was born during the time that the Egyptians were trying to exterminate the Israelites. The order for this genocide was handed down that every Israelite lady that gave birth, if they had a male child, they were to kill it. But, but Moses' mother just couldn't do that. And so she hid her baby for three months, and then, uh, then she took him and put him in a basket and floated him down the Nile River, knowing somebody surely would find him, and somebody did. It was Pharaoh, the king of Egypt's daughter, who found him and took baby Moses into her own household and raised him, and he lived there for 40 years. Now talk about a trust fund baby. Somebody that was born with at least three months later a silver spoon, and he had everything that you would ever want. The, the writer to the book of Acts, Luke, writes this, Moses was ed- educated in all the wisdom the, of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. Moses had it all. He had riches. He had power. He had privilege. He had everything, and he gave it up and chose disgrace and humiliation. You know, 
Maybe right about now you're thinking to yourself what I'm thinking. Wow, I could never do that. I mean, if I was given those choices, man, that would have been hard. I, I mean, as a believer in Christ right now, I kind of want to have things both ways. I want eternal life in heaven and everything that Jesus promises and, and offers to us, but I also wouldn't mind an enjoyable life right now. So let's take a look at Moses because what he gave up, power, riches, prestige, wasn't nearly as important as why he gave it up. Because what we do for God is never as important as why we do it. In fact, we can't get more holy by becoming more poor. We can't do anything to get more holy by what we do, give up, or sacrifice. A little bit earlier, in in chapter 10 of Hebrews, we read this. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Now just think about that. No matter what we do, even the good things we do over and over again, never going to bring us closer to God that doesn't even work for a priest. Then we're told, but when this priest... And now we're talking about the great high priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins. He sat down at the right hand of God, and since that time he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. That's that future that we can all look forward to. That is, it's already done, it's guaranteed, our future, heaven, sitting with Jesus in eternal joy and happiness. And finally, and by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So, we get holy. We are holy. Not by our doing or sacrificing, but everything Jesus did for us. His perfect obedience, we're clothed with, covered with, so that we're flawless in the eyes of God. His sacrifice on the cross endured for us, given to us, suffered on our behalf so that His righteousness and His blood would make us clean, would make us holy, would make us heirs of eternal life in heaven. And that's the why. That's why we today are willing to suffer disgrace and hardship and difficulty and persecution Because we know the future. Now Moses, he knew the future too. He even, as we're told here, knew Christ years before he was ever came to this earth and lived and died for us. And because he did, he he was willing to, to forego his adoptive, privileged parents and family and join the Israelites. And you remember what the Israelites were, right? Slaves. Slaves worked to the bone, and even when they were released and delivered from their slavery, spent 40 years trying to survive in the desert. And they were provided for, but their lunch buffet consisted of manna and quail for 40 years. Moses chose that. He chose to be counted as a slave, to be a desert wanderer, 
rather than the privilege, the enjoyment of the day. Now, man, that's, that's hard for me to tell you exactly what you have to do in order to be like Moses, be willing to give up things and be willing to suffer things in order to, to draw closer and, and stay connected to Jesus. In fact, I don't think I can. I can't give you a dollar amount. I can't give you a, a line that you draw in the sand and say, this, this far and no further. Everybody's situation's different. Everybody's circumstance in life is different. And they're going to have to apply this lesson. You are, I am, according to our station, our situation, our, our place in life. But there probably are a few general principles, right, that we can all take home from what Moses did and what the eyes of faith will allow us to do. And, and one of them is we're, we're going to have to really study what God's Word says about things. Not just think that we know based on something we are sure we heard, but, but, but really study as the, as the Word of God and, and it becomes under attack and, and, and things are ridiculed and, and redefined. We have to know what it says, apply it in our lives, restudy it, talk to others about it in a Bible class, and then, if we do talk to others about it, be extremely sensitive and patient and caring and kind as we talk about it. But we have to take that stand. Uh, another thing that we probably have to do is consider memorizing parts of the Bible. Because you know what? One day it could be outlawed. And if they ever do jam our computers so that we can't find the Bible online and, and take away our Bibles from our homes, it doesn't matter because we know it already. We know the chief parts that are taught in our catechism. We know Bible verses, and we got to tell our children and grandchildren because it might not happen in our lifetimes, but it could happen in theirs. And if there's stuff that's going on that gets in the way, then we got to cut out some of that stuff, but not cut out time with God and His Word. I said before, life is getting expensive, so, so that means choices, Right? Well, we need enough gas in our car to, to go to work so that we can earn a living. We, we want to be able to visit family if we can and, and go to church every Sunday. So we've got to have enough gas for that, but maybe, maybe there's some things we just don't do right now, including heading up to that new In-N-Out burger. And then, and then there's positions we might have to be... The promotions that are, are, we're going to get passed by on and, and careers that may be stalled and, and we might be wrongfully fired or, or our career and our retirement isn't going to go the way we have planned because the people in charge don't like what we believe and say and do and don't do and we're just going to have to accept that. And, and we're going to have to also maybe consider getting out a new calculator that values the things on earth one way and then values the things that are invisible awaiting for us in heaven another way and, and see that nothing here on earth is ever going to add up to what we have in store for us through Jesus our Savior. And we're going to have to tell 
and pass on and share and invite other people to hear the great news of what Jesus has done for us and what he has won for us. And I know that's not going to be easy. Right now, we are not wandering in the desert or stumbling through a chaotic civilization just, just trying to survive. But, but some of that could happen in the future, and some of it's already happening in the present. Experts estimate that since Christ came to this earth, over 70 million people have lost their lives for the sake of Christ. And we're willing to do so. Rather than give up their faith, don't just think about that slaughter. Think about the willingness and the why. Because we have that same why. We know Jesus. We know what has He's done for us. And we know what's in store for us. Visible temptations are always going to be a part of this world and we're going to be so tempted to cling to it because it's, it's here, it's now. We can see it. We can experience it. We know the joy that is associated with some of it. But we have faith that sees the invisible. And because we do, we can suffer some disgrace, some form of persecution, some hardship, some chaos. Because we know our future isn't dark and scary. It's as bright as the light of Jesus. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses